It is verifiable, and we seek to find it. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio. Euphonaut Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Euphonaut Radio. Only on PSN Radio. Euphonaut Radio, March 6, 2017. Jesse Randolph at the helm. Welcome, everyone, to another power-packed evening discussing ufology, disclosure, new science, the paranormal, anything spooky, which doesn't come up that often, by the way, unless aliens coming down here and mingling with your ex-girlfriends or boyfriends scares you. doesn't scare me. Anyway, welcome to the show. We have an uh, interesting one lined up for you, as always. We're going to be discussing uh, a lot of interesting topics with our guest tonight, Ms. Rich Giordano. Uh, as you know, host of the Rich Giordano Show, which airs here on PSN every Sunday night. With that in mind, put the cell on vibrate. Relax. Get a cup of joe. And uh, tune in, listen, call in, express your thoughts and feelings tonight as we discuss some of the subjects that are taboo at the workplace. You know... I was thinking about this show the other day. Is my co-host here to the right of me, the angel of ufology by chance? Present and accounted for. Oh, thank goodness. You know, he's like a security blanket angel. Aye, aye, sir. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I, I know you're you're having a tough week. I just wanted to make sure you were there and acknowledge you. Like the Man of Steel says, I'm always around. Yeah. You know, Angel, I was thinking about this show the other day. And I said to myself, well, a guest had turned me down for an interview. And it wasn't because they didn't want to do the show. It was because they were having a family emergency. Uh, sent me their book, which I just wanted to thank them for, uh, Jack Brewer, and uh, plug his book because it looks really, really interesting. So I'll talk to you about that later. But cool. I was thinking about the show, and I said, you know what this show I, always, I want it to be if we're striving towards uh, is – the kind of show where it's the bar that the people who work at bars go to after to hang out. You know what I mean? It's like the show where hosts can say what they really want to say, and so can other people or guests. And they can cuss, and they can fight, and they can speak their mind, and they can gossip. Very similar to a non-cheesy version of Bell Gap, because you know, obviously that was a singular oriented show uh, surrounded uh, surrounding uh, the Art Bell program. But it, it still had this factor right. that I wasn't uh, hip to. But uh, I liked what they were trying to do when that looked like it was going to go uh, through the roof. And then it just, you know, obviously took a major dive. But um, that's the way I think of this show now, Euphonaut. It's had many incarnations at this point. We've had different hosts uh, fill in for me for extended periods of time uh, around the globe, which is true. So it's the brand or the title or whatever you want to call it, this entity, Euphonaut, has stuck around for quite a long time now until Angel uh, uh, was nice enough to let me come back. And, and resurrected. 
resurrected in its original form. However, it's not in its original form, and that's what I was thinking about the other day. I was pondering it, and I said, I just want it to be that place where you can vent, and it's where everyone from ufology comes and gets uh, a beer or some uh, chicken wings after. That's Sounds what like the I cheers want. of ufology. Kind of, but cheers was... So just are you, hold on, hold on. Are you Ted Danson and I'm like, you know, Woody? Is that what's going on here? Do you want to be Woody? <laughs> I don't really want to be Woody, but I don't want to be like the, the, like Norm either. Like, I don't want to be the fat what? guy in this. No. Wait a minute. <laughs> you don't want to be Norm? And what does that make Rich? Rich? <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Rich would be kind of like... Um, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I don't think there's a, a character for Rich in, in that Cheers. Uh, but it's not Cheers. I don't want it to be Cheers. I it, Think of it in terms of one night I went to this Chinese restaurant, and they had a bar in the back. You know, a lot of Chinese restaurants do. Like some I know dark. Chinese restaurants, yep. I love them. Yep. Yeah, me too. Oh, and yeah. they always have these sort of dark lounges, they call them, right? And since I was a little boy, I was always intrigued because I would peek in. Because, you know, separate entrance and uh, by law. And I'd peek in just to see whether it was tiki kind of lighting or whatever it was. It was real dark and spooky and kind of cool. And it still is. So sometimes I go to those joints. And, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of place if you go into on a late night, sometimes you stumble into where all these people know each other. And you can tell they all just got off shift or something. At, from working at a restaurant, and that's where they go to kick it. So I just thought that that kind of encompasses what I'm trying to strive towards moving forward, uh, maybe to separate us a little bit. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think the audience is starting to catch on that there are no real motives uh, commercially with the show anymore. Um, so that that takes off a lot of stress, and it, and it really has helped a lot as far as being able to speak your mind. Yeah, uh, I'll give you a quick. Yeah. Well, before I, I, before you do that, before you, do, uh, you know, speaking of the audience, we actually have somebody who just called into the show. Eight oh two, you're uh, live on Youth and Our Radio. Thanks for calling in. Eight oh two. Hey, you answered the phone. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate that. That's great. Uh, well, eight oh two, good job. I, and, I, and we appreciate the call. Um, <laughs> hey, we almost had a call there. But that's not the point, really. Uh, Continue your thought. By the way, if anybody wants to call in, the number is 786-245-8127. Again, that's uh, 786-245-8127. Remember, that is if you're west of the Rockies, east of the Rockies, north of the equator, south of the border, in Taco Bell, over at Burger King. It doesn't matter if you're at the McDonald's or if you're (laughs) over at Uranus trying to order some real fast lightning food. Hey, even if you're on a planet Earth that is flat, don't matter. Call that number. You'll still get right into the show. You'll be able to talk to Jesse, and you'll be live on Euphonar Radio. Again, that's it's 786-245-8127. Interdimensional travelers, please make sure you say bleep, bleep, bleep before you actually get on the air. <laughs> that tells us that you're from another dimension, and the depending on the tone, we know which dimension, whether it's Earth 25 or 26. But again, if you're west of the Rockies, 786-245-8127. Jesse, take it back. Go ahead. Well, that was great. Thank you. Yes, please call in. We love the chat room, and we love uh, when it's bustling and people are making comments. That's awesome. But we also like to hear from you. It's really fun, and it makes us know that doing a live program is actually worth it. We know a lot of people listen because we get the data. 
but it's always nice to have people call in, and uh, we don't do too many shows with open lines. I think uh, one of the issues, you know, in the sea of madness of the UFO-related programming that you can tune into now is uh, I've tried to define and make a distinction. Um, there's more of a purist mentality where people are striving towards finding a real truth. And, and when I say a truth, I mean that's backed up by hardcore evidence, scientific evidence. And then there's a faction that is uh, very much oriented, uh, and I would describe them as uh, similar to New Age community, uh, which has less emphasis and I'm saying this in the most PC way uh, I can, but less emphasis on physical evidence. Um, I, you know, I bring up Jimmy Church sometimes. Uh, I know he's not the favorite around uh, the dinner table here. But, and again, that just being able to talk freely like that, Angel, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we can say that on this program. We can talk freely, and we invite people to come on as well and talk freely if they have an issue with something we said. Right. Or anything of that nature. We really try to just be super open-minded. But I think Jimmy was doing a uh, Corey Good interview recently. And, you know, I've been talking about Corey Good uh, for the past few shows or the past few months because he kind of represents and encompasses the rock star of the Secret Space program. If you believe in any of that, if you tend to uh, gyrate towards believing that there is a secret space program, and if you believe in Corey Good, and he is somewhat of the, I would say, the icon now. He is the number one guy. Uh, is he saying anything new? Not really. He's kind of repurposing a lot of information that's been spewed over the years. You can go back probably 25 years easily, if not longer. And you'll find many people uh, like Corey uh, kind of spinning uh, the story in a different light or a different fashion with a couple of different twists here and there. But it's really just the same spiel um, marketed differently, utilizing the Internet differently, using uh, utilizing television, video, etc. So, you know, we, we try to keep an open mind on that stuff. But there are two factions here within ufology, and I think that we fall into the purest column. Just because we're sensible, and uh, that might come as a cut to certain folks, but when I was listening to this Jimmy Church interview, getting back to that real quick, he's talking to Corey, and you know what I did like is that he hit him with a hard question, and I appreciated it, which was you know the the folks out there, someone like me per se, who does enjoy listening to the programs. Also, I have to do it to be able to discuss the news here during the week. That's my job. Uh, to inform the listeners here on what's going on in ufology. But Jimmy said, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just are dying for some sort of tidbit of physical evidence, i.e. a videotape, which was kind of funny, but I knew where he was going. Uh, video, audio, a document, a piece of fucking steel, I don't care. You know, one of those little pieces of tinfoil that expand, the Roswell debris, I don't care, something to try to back up one iota of what you're saying, Mr. Good. And uh, there was – I wish I had the clip here. I really do. In fact, I, I should have gotten it. But 
it, it's ridiculous to listen to the answer because it's spun so badly as far as why that probably will never happen. Because, of course, it can happen. And when he describes when it's going to happen at a certain point when it's correct, and I don't have the quote, so I won't quote, but it was basically, uh, it'll happen when it's time. And, and to me, it just sounded like, you know, a sarcastic retort was kind of, is it going to be time when you uh, have made enough uh, income from this spiel or if you sold enough books or if you've done enough lectures or, you know, contact in the desert and the secret space program uh, lecture tour and the stuff in Joshua Tree you know, and alike. And they also, uh, to me, it, it sounded like a very piss poor answer. And that's kind of the answer you get with a lot of these characters, which is, you know, there, there'll be a time and a place for physical evidence, but now is not the time. And that's just the end of the story. So I thank him for asking that question. And, and what what bothers me the most is that it just rolls off the tongue um, and then rolls off the minds of many folks that possibly used to be more purist. Like Michael Sala, who many of you know, he's been around the – the block for a very long time as a researcher really sweet guy i believe he's out of hawaii angel um this is a guy who has been pimping Corey for the past couple of years a la alfred weber and these characters who was who was pimping uh, andrew basago basago Bishago. Bisaggio. By the way, I love, Bis- I love Check- Bisaggio, but it's not his fucking name. That's not his Check- name. Check- 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 By the way, 802 was uh, Sawyer, the one and only. And uh, he wants to know if you can call him into the show. What do you think? No, no, no. We we, we don't have room for Sawyer tonight. We, we're we going to have to stick with – I have a lot to discuss with Rich Giordano. This is more of a so, serious show. Let's, let's, let's book for Sawyer the- for, what, next week? What do you think? Yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, in case you're listening out there, folks, Sawyer is an old guest of ours that we haven't spoken to in many years. He's all, uh, besides being a fantastic harmonica player, he is also one of the only remaining uh, living members of the Heaven's Gate cult. And if you remember the mass suicide that occurred in San Diego a number of years ago, where these folks, because of information that a lot of people had thought came from an Art Bell show about the Halbach Comet. Uh, these folks thought that that was a sign that, that it was time to go. And unfortunately, these folks uh, committed a mass suicide. It was definitely one of the craziest moments in my radio career. Uh, but Sawyer is a survivor, and he's got lots of interesting tidbits about all kinds of stuff. And he's kind of a zany guy, and he plays a mean harmonica. And I asked Angel where the hell he's been, if he was still around. You never know. And sure enough, he was. Did I leave anything out? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could, that'd be great. You got it. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, told okay. you I was going to get Sawyer for you. And there you go. Yeah. I mean, look. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I don't know that there's too many people that you can't get. Does you that know, make me God? Because I just, I had spoken and it just happened. No, it makes you the angel of ufology. But the, I mean, that. here's the thing: this bar is that we're creating this after hours bar, ufology bar, uh, hanging out at the Ufanaut. Um, 
some people can't come on. They're not going to want to because they're not going to want to speak candidly like this. I mean, when you go to one of these UFO festivals, it really is a big kind of uh, no-no to kind of call people out if you're researchers. In fact, from what I heard uh, when I was listening to that Corey Good interview was that there was a ton of researchers hanging out on the sides when he was speaking because maybe the seats were filled, they were implying. Um, I don't know who these researchers were, but I would imagine uh, that if they had a QA that he would be confronted a little bit here. But uh, Corey's a very kind of, uh, you know, he tries to stay very passive and he's very uh, kind of mellow guy when you listen to him. And uh, I believe that he said some people had come up to him after the interview, post-interview and said, hey, you know what, I don't believe a word you said. Uh, I can't really believe it, but I found it incredibly entertaining. And that's the way I take Corey Good. Now, if he had nothing to do with my beloved subject of ufology, I would just be a fan of listening to Corey Good while I do the dishes sometimes. David Wilcox, not so much, because there's the ego part of that makes me nauseated after a while. It, it, there's so much narcissism involved, I, I just can't handle it. Um, His forehead it, makes me nauseous after a while. Like Just looking at that dude's forehead, or five head, I guess you want to call it, because he's... He has a big forehead. But just looking at him for more than, like, five minutes, it makes me want to, like, violently, like, punch a baby. Know, you know what? He, you know, he, have you ever heard of him? Uh, he's actually a decent musician. He was a musician no, for No, he's, he's not dec- no, he's no, not decent. No. No, look. I, I, I mean, tech, no, he's, 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 he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> There's nothing you can say to Sweden in this one. I've heard his music. He, he, he's well, not. Like, just know, what about, uh, what the? What about Jesse? No. What? You know who's on this one? Yes or no? <laughs> you know who's a really funny musician? Who? Uh, Norio Hayakawa. Oh, he's he's awesome. Yeah, I like Norio actually a lot. He's he's a good guy too. I love Norio. And in case you he'll don't ne- know, he'll, kid, he'll never do my nope. show, uh, which is, or Skywatchers or any other show for some reason. I don't know why. Like I had him booked a while back, and he was like, "Yeah, he's all Jones and ready to go." Then last minute, like he backed out of the show, and then. He was like, well, I don't know, uh, I'll, I'll let you know if I ever want to do the show again. And then he never, like, replied back, and I tried getting really? him on. And, yeah. I think it has something to do with, you know, I kind of mentioned it, and I think it got back to him. I mentioned how you follow just a lot of people who either were trying to be musicians or once in their lives, or they failed as musicians, and, uh, you know, they, they got into ufology to try to make a name for themselves, and, and we used him as an example. I used myself as an example, because I made music also, and, here I am talking about UFOs and shit. So I mean, it's not like I didn't use myself, but he—I I think maybe he got upset over that. I'm not sure, but I have nothing but respect for Norio. I think he's a cool guy. So, yeah, Norio was one of the pioneers of Area 51 research. If yep. if you're uh, if you don't know him, because he's not really around anymore. But there were just a couple of guys out there doing the hard work when you could actually climb. Whitesides Mountain, get yep. views of this stuff. I mean, David Morton, Sean Martin was out there, and some other characters, uh, if you believe Bob Lazar's story, which I pretty much do. Um, and and, and uh, uh, a lot of people were flocking there when they knew that you could still have access before they really started to suck up the rest of the uh, BLM land and then, of course, make it so that when I went out there um, late to the party, as usual... Yeah. The only thing, the only thing you can really see, which is uh, next to nothing, nothing but land. Yeah, that's it. Nothing but land and the alien inn. The alien inn. And guess what? When I went there, it was fucking closed. 
Can you believe that? Oh, the, the alien, alien was out. I couldn't even get a soda at Area 51. I couldn't even get a hamburger. And you know how far I had to drive? My God. You know, some people say I don't do any research. I think it was you, Angel. That's as bad as as being in a group of friends who all like go out and get a hooker because they've never got laid before. And you're the only one that goes home without even getting a hand job. Like, you just didn't participate. You've done that. I have actually done that. That's about, I'm not going to tell that story anymore. It's, but, but it's I just as bad as what you were just saying about the uh, Alien Inn. Because, I mean, if you go out there, you expect to go to the Alien Inn. I mean, that's like one of the – that's the main destination you want to like, check out. That's a whole deal. And it's this little dumpy place. I mean, I know. it's not like – wow. You know, it's not like a Holiday Inn. It's the Alien – the Lil, L-I-L apostrophe Alien Inn. And it's uh, it's like a trailer or something. It doesn't look like very much. Okay, no, it's, it's not a big it's, it's not a big deal. But since we're like you know we're tourists and we're not from that area, it's like does it's a big deal. Like down right, here in Florida, I'm not they, help them. Well, no, but it's like down here in Florida, we have the Coral Castle, and everybody makes a big deal about that all over the U.S. and outside of Florida. But I pass by it every day when I go see my dad. So it's not like it's a big deal. It's just like it's there. It's right. whatever. The same kind of deal. It's the yeah. same kind of deal. And the thing is, is like I said, you're not gonna. You're not going to be like, when you're at the Lil Alien Inn, you got to try the tuna melt. You know, it's not going to be that kind of thing. I'm sure the food is not the best in the world. But there have been some guys that I've met over the years who have actually retired and relocated to Area 51. Um, remember that guy, Glenn Campbell, I think his name was? And he does tours now. So he will take you to the gate. Basically, and as you know, if you follow Area 51 or have done any research, there ain't no gate. So there's just a very long road. And if you continue down this road, eventually you will be stopped by private security folks and big Broncos. And they will throw you uh, into the sand and mess with you. So there's that. Um, But, yeah, sorry, I got a call. Yeah, well, it's Um, bad. I know, right? Uh, I could be one of those shows. I don't know who's trying to disturb the program. All of a sudden, you stop talking. I'm like, uh, Jesse? Then they yeah, I'm here. In the background, I'm like, Jesse? Jesse, you there? Oh, yeah, Jesse. Okay, okay. Anyways, I just want to throw it out. I've been to Roswell, New Mexico. I've been to the highlights. I have been to the entire grid in Nevada as far as into California, the China Lake Missile Range. I've been out in the back of Edwards Air Force Base multiple times. So, you know, in my younger days, I was out there trying to see stuff. I've been to New Mexico. I've been out uh China Lake, uh Groom Lake, as far as you can go, obviously. Uh, so I don't think I actually made it to Groom Lake. Um, now nobody can, of course. Uh, but I will say that if you do enough digging, you will be amazed at what you can find as far as people uh, knowing a little bit more about the place than you might have imagined. It seems like the hardest part is getting anyone to really report. And now it's so blocked. Yeah, but how much, of, how much of that is accurate information? Though? I mean, you, you're going to run into people also that are going to, like, you know, make stuff up just to give it a little bit more lore over the years. And 
Then that becomes part of like the lore itself, and then the stories that were made up just like give a little bit more spice to become even bigger, and people start thinking they're real. And next thing you know, there's a guy at a porch telling you stories when you get into this place, and he has an old dog who's like 40 years old laying there, like ready to just like kick the bucket, but he can't. And this guy's smoking a big old stoky cigar, and he's like, "You want to see aliens? I'll tell you about aliens." And then he tells you some cockamamie story that never happened, but it was lore. Because some asshole created like 30 years before. Like, that stuff happens. It's the South. It's some like Captain Lou Albano looking guy. Right. You want to hear uh, his beard and hear his story. Yeah. No, you know, look, that's the problem is the, the press has done a great job of making Area 51 uh, blase to everyone. Um, so that now, and whether or not you believe it's desensitization, uh, uh, desensitizing us, uh, a lot of people think. This is the slow drip of disclosure, and I have plenty to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about disclosure with Rich G in a few minutes here because I want to bring up some points that are coming to the head, especially with uh, this Trump election and how we've talked a bit about the narrative, how it's changing, what people are starting to shift towards, and how they're getting excited, whether or not it's valid. They're getting excited about a new narrative. They're getting excited about a new opportunity. And all this information that we heard from Steve Bassett and the like is obviously out the fucking window. So they have to create a new story here. And what's the new story? We'll have to have Steve on to explain that. And I guess we're having a guest brainstorming session here, but I guess we should try to get Steve back on in the next few weeks, huh, Angel? I think that would be a good idea because I'm sure he has a lot to talk about after the, uh, the election we just had. So, yeah. Yeah, we got to put that together guy in the trenches and he's going to have an opinion it's one thing about steve um Mm -hmm. it's interesting because there's a guy and he's exactly the kind of guy that i'm talking about i'll have steve on and you know steve he can talk uh forever pretty much just like i can about this subject i can speak for three hours and just but steve will he'll go and go as you know but He's not going to sit there and if you ask him, hey, what about these Corey Good guys and the secret space program stuff and you know, like that? If you try to pin him down on stuff, some of that stuff, he really just he's very political. And the folks in that whole air, arena of the lecture tour and ufology proper, these are folks that travel the world, kids speaking. They do the lecture tour. They write books. Right now, Steve doesn't. Who doesn't write books? He's a lobbyist yep. and he's a yep. political activist. But um, basically, he has to be around these people all the time. Yeah, so, but you know what? He, he tries to stay away from a lot of the uh, ufology uh, folks and a lot of the. But he's fraternizing with them all. I was eating cocktail weenies with him in Roswell years ago with all the players that you would think in your head if you were trying to imagine this really bad cocktail hour at like a rundown Radisson. Uh, Sean David Morton was there? Was he, was he there? Sean David Morton? What's Sean David? I don't, I don't know if anyone was inviting him to things at that point, buddy. Yeah, well. well. I think he was sort uh, of off the list of like to be associated with. How about Jordan Maxwell? Jordan Maxwell, uh, well, hell, I don't think so. I don't think a lot of people make it out to Roswell as much as, uh, as much anymore. You know, by the time I went out there for the conference, I think Peter Robbins was running it uh, uh, for that. I mean, what were we talking about, what, 15 years ago, 10 years ago? 
Yeah, something like that for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I when I had to do it once. I went down there with uh, Tim over at UFO TV, and he's killing it right now. He's he's very popular on Amazon Video on Demand. Yeah. I haven't spoken in a while, but he's killing it. I, I watch his stuff on the channel sometimes. But yeah, we went down there, and you know everything was was paid for, which was great. And but I had to take this puddle jumper from Texas to Roswell, and that really that was enough for me to say I'm not doing this again. And then when you go, it's like 450 degrees outside. So you know it's fun. To, I'll tell you one thing: it is fun walking around the little town, but you you sweat your brains out. And uh, I had a really good time there. And they take you on the tour. Uh, I got invited on a tour of the uh, the old Army Air, Air Base where supposedly they brought the wreckage, right? And you walk into this big hangar and then try to imagine what that might have been like, which is pretty nifty. And, man, there's just a lo- lots of people there that are involved with this story. They either make a living from it. Or they, you know, they sell crap uh, and things of that nature. Or they have a museums and things of that nature in town. Uh, it's kind of a shitty little town, so they really need the Roswell incident to to stay, you know, on the cusp. And that's kind of interesting in itself. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Roswell is most of the most of the witnesses and such are, are dying or are dead. So there really aren't too many left. Jesse Marcel Jr. was really the only go-to left alive that was worth talking to and he is uh he passed away so yeah uh eventually that story is really just going to die out and it already kind of is well i don't know if it'll completely die out i mean more there'll be folks obviously who who continue writing books about their research into like stan freeman's work on roswell or certain other individuals work and they'll tie it in and they'll you know they'll write different books and i don't think the, the roswell incident will really ever die out it's just it's too popular of an incident and in ufology it's like one of the only things we could point out and say well something happened here look uh we know for a fact something happened like they're 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 like involvement by officials and it was reported on the news something happened I mean, it's not proof, but it's kind of proof. Like, that's the only one we could do that with. We can't do that to any other main reporting ufology. Yeah, maybe not. So, uh, that's a good point. I think that's why uh, that one will remain, because no matter what, you know, it still has that little tangible, little bit of credibility to it, because of there was a report. We do know that something occurred in, in 1947. Most definitely. So, I mean, we Most go from there. I'm not. I'm not discounting the story. It's still one of the. It, I'm sorry. It is the most fascinating UFO case to date. Um, some would argue that Rundlesham is is more interesting, and I would say that's definitely a close second. Um, then there's I would some say really distant third. To be honest, I think the uh, second would be uh, Jesse uh, Travis Walton. Ah, I knew it was coming. Yeah, that'd be number coming. two on my list. You're so fucking predictable. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, I've, we've been talking about him for as long as we've known each other, and I've interviewed him a couple of times, and I've, I've yep. told you a billion times on the air that his story to me you is know, the I've, only I've pi- fully credible you- abduction case I can really point at. Go ahead. Right. Do you know that I peed next to him? Do you, did you that know is that? an amazing. You know, I peed next to John Leguizamo. Does that count as being a cool? <laughs> I don't even know the fact that sounds like some guy I went to high school with. Dude, John Leguizamo, really? You don't know who that? Dude, come on! Uh, is have you he seen from him? Queens? Oh, no, Spawn. <laughs> well, I, actually, he grew up in Queens. He lived there for a while. See, have you, have you seen the movie Spawn? 
yes, of course. Okay, you know the 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 clown, the evil clown, the big fat clown. Um, it's vaguely, it's an old movie. Well, yeah, well, he played the clown. He's really not that big. That was a lot of prosthetics. Uh, but he played the clown in that. He was uh, recently in John Wick. He's been in Executive Decision, White Man Can't. I think it was in White Man Can't Jump also. He's been in a, These a are... ton of movies, a ton of movies. Okay, okay, you got me convinced here. Okay, see, there's and evidence to back that. next to the man. And I got an autograph poster out of it, too, because... Oh, you said, exam. Got you. Nothing says I'm a big fan like you turn around uh, and look at him in his face when you're taking a piss and you're like, hey, by the way, when we're done here, can you sign a poster for me? I mean, that's being a fan. If that doesn't scream out, I'm a fan of your work, Mr. Actor, nothing does. <laughs> okay, listen, we got, <laughs> you know, it's good. you told me you were feeling mellow tonight. Look at that. Well, uh, there you go. <laughs> There you go. Hey, I'm happy. I start talking about urinal, you know, conversations when I feel down. Well, I just uh, this is actually a sub conversation because there's a lot of people that brag about people they've peed next to. If you're a guy, um, so that sometimes that's the only way you get to see a star. But I, I, I want to get back to the <laughs> subject where they're peeing in their hand. <laughs> yeah, I have news for everyone. Obviously, the top of the hour here, or the bah, second half of the hour here, bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to bring Reach G on, and we're going to do the news together, all of us. There's some stuff to talk about. There is a Stan Romanek update. Ding, 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 ding. Uh-oh. We need Uh-oh. A, uh, do we have a sound, a, a, a sound-appropriate sound for the Stan Romanek update of some sort? Could there I'll be? I'll figure something out. I'll figure something out. Well, we're going to have a Stan Romanek update. We're going to have a couple of items that I found on the wires uh, relating to ufology, of course. And a lot of people talking about this uh, Jimmy Kimmel interview with uh, former President uh, George Bush Jr. And a lot of people talking about that one. If you haven't seen it, we'll give it a quick spin and talk about it. Well, we won't give it a quick spin, but you should during the commercial break be ready to discuss it. You want to call in. We want to hear from you. You know the number. Guys in the chat, thanks for being there. We'll be back in a minute or so here and we're going to bring rich g on we're going to do the news and we're going to discuss disclosure together and try to pull together some things that we do know and i think i've come to a new revelation in my own head about disclosure that may have taken me 20 years to come to so that's all coming up don't go anywhere we're talking ufology that's what we do here ufonaut radio on a monday night jesse randolph with the angel of ufology coming up After the break, Rich G. from the Rich Giordano Show. Always happy to have him join us. And your phone calls. Don't go anywhere. Oh, use the force. That's not how the force works. abduction 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or? N- no. Holy <laughs> s***. That was the yeah, 10 <laughs> seconds of, uh, no. What are you that tra- was so convincing. Yeah, what are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst f***ing denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Now, Ufanaut Radio, Jesse Randolph here at the mic, down here in the bunker, Portland, Oregon, Pacific Northwest. Welcome back. We were talking about a lot of things during the break, what the show meant to me and Angel, how we're trying to get more of the insiders involved if they want to, where they can speak their minds freely. Uh, But tonight, we're moving on. We've got the news coming up and, of course, our disclosure discussion this evening about this new narrative and where it's going to go and some other things that have come up. I wanted to bring on the program, of course, a personal friend of mine and one of the best hosts on PSN Radio Network every Sunday night, Mr. Rich Giordano. Welcome, Rich. Well, thank you, Mr. Randolph. It's a pleasure to be back on UFO Not Radio and PSN Radio. 
<laughs> yeah. No, thanks for having me back. Of course, man. Always happy to have you. And uh, lots of interesting things going up. I'm, I'm going to dive into the news, if, if that's okay with you all, and uh, want your thoughts on some of these stories because there's a lot of talking points I think that perhaps might come up. And if I may, uh, when you're done with your news, I have some Arizona news and some Ooh. personal news that I need to share. Very important. Oh, okay. Do you want to do that uh, after this news, or you want to take the mic yeah. and do it now? Oh, either after or at the end of the show, whatever comes up. Okay, you got it. Okay, we're going to jump into the news, kids, and uh, that's an exciting tidbit, so stay tuned for that one. News tonight, our first news segment, of course, uh, I want to uh, direct your attention to this Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Kimmel interview the other night with former President uh, George Bush Jr., uh, as you know, Jimmy Kimmel, guys, he, he always seems to do these scripted questions about UFOs. Maybe he has a personal interest. Don't know. He seems to be like a pretty cool guy. Um, the Oscar debacle was was pretty hilarious. He also made an OJ joke about OJ getting an extra slice of bologna that night uh, because the documentary won Best Documentary about him, and it was fucking hilarious. So I don't watch a show, but... Every time he does a president, uh, president of the United States or a former, he seems to slip a couple of these questions in, whether it's about Area 51 or extraterrestrials. Now, we must keep in mind, gentlemen, that these questions, of course, are scripted. They're given to the president in advance. So the strange part about it is, is that when they ask the questions, the president usually seems to get kind of uh, wormy. And sort of, I want to say, nervous. I think that's a good adjective. Um, you guys have seen these interviews before. Clinton, obviously, is a big, quote-unquote, bean spiller, although he's kind of flip-flopped. Uh, the big question, the, the big takeaway, in case you haven't seen the interview, and I wish I had the clip, but we don't. Uh, go to YouTube. Go ahead. It's real quick. But he asked him about... When he got into office, if he wanted to know the truth about extraterrestrials, and he went right for aliens. He didn't go with Area 51, uh, a much more uh, progressive question, you know, because, like I said, Area 51 is so passe now. And George Bush said – one thing was kind of neat right off the bat. He said, you know, my daughters wanted to know the same thing, and I found that interesting. Then – and this is without reading too far into it, of course, but – the big question was, um, he said, if you did find out about it, would you tell uh, the people or us or anybody like that? And he said, no. And it was categorically. I mean, it it, it, it seemed very serious. So um, I found it very interesting. If you get a chance, check it out. I don't, I don't know why they keep spilling out these questions every time so that if a president or a former is getting six questions asked of him during primetime and Jimmy Kimmel, there seems to always be a UFO question. What do you guys think about that, Rich? I, um, I know. I'm actually surprised they even allow them to ask him these questions because mm. you never know what's going to come out of George Bush Jr.'s mouth anyway. Right. The guy, yeah. The guy's so goofy. Um yeah, he's like George Bush uh, Jr. goes, unless I start drinking again, <laughs> you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like Jimmy goes, uh, well, uh, what if you're like getting close to like 90 years old and all of a sudden you're losing your mind? Uh, do you, you know, would you think you might lose it and just spills the, spill the beans? He goes, <laughs> no, I w it won't happen you know, unless I start drinking. Yeah, yeah so 
uh, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. You quoted it. You quoted it perfectly, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. I just watched it again today. I saw it. I don't know. Um, I just like watching some things twice because uh, I'm like you. I, I listen and watch things while I'm doing dishes or cooking breakfast, you know, just sure. to listen. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Then they uh, went back on this one video I was watching and asked Barack Obama the same thing. And he said, uh, nope, I'd never tell anybody. Nope. You know, so but they laugh. It's like a tell, you know, that they're lying or they know. Because he asked George Bush, uh, he's like, you know, the secret book, do you know, uh, have you read it? Are there any secrets in there that you might want to tell? And he goes, I've read it, you know, uh, I'm I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) I ain't ain't ever going to tell you is what he actually said. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. And it's like, wow, why isn't this? uh, It it seems as though the more you put it out there, it's almost as though those questions – the fact that they're in these interviews is the is the most interesting part. The, the whole thing is interesting, but their answers, as you've pointed out, is always these tongue-in-cheek sort of hints or sort of why did you even ask that question if you already knew what the answer was going to be, so to speak, which was that he was going to be like, can't tell you, ha, 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 or, or I think Obama insinuated that he's under alien control yes. as, a, as a joke. And God, the people ran with that, didn't they, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I was surprised because uh, you think the handlers, you know, of the presidents would say, no, you can't. We're not talking about that. And for them to actually allow that on national television, it's almost like saying, OK, you know, we're, we're going to goof on it because you hear the crowd laughing in the background. Everybody still thinks it's a joke. But deep down, they really want to know, you know, um, I just I had mixed reviews, uh, you know, I mixed feelings, I should say, about. That interview, because I don't like it when they talk about aliens, UFOs, and they kind of make a joke about it afterwards. You know, I hate that shit. They always do that. Of course, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because it enforces the fact that you are going to commit political suicide if you go near the the topic, which is why you have to make it jovial. Um, And and who can forget the famous uh, Democratic presidential debate when Dennis Kucinich was asked a serious question, but it was basically said in a jovial fashion that Dennis Kucinich had been uh, spoken about in a book that was written by Shirley MacLaine, who we all know is a very famous New Ager. And and, uh, Dennis Kucinich, I believe, is either related to her or he is a long-term friend for years, almost like a family-type friend. Anyways, he discussed seeing a UFO and having some sort of feeling in his heart, and that was brought up as a question to him personally by Tim Russett, who passed away um, about a year later from a heart attack. But he was like one of the top guys for uh, NBC or something back then, and he asked this question, and it drew hysterics immediately. And right away, if you remember, uh, Kucinich started – uh, stammering, and he started getting very nervous, and he said, I, I don't know what it was, I didn't say it was a UFO, and tried to sort of back out of it instead of what he should have done, which is walked right through it, but he weaseled, and everyone else on stage laughed at him, and then they proposed the same question to Obama about what would you do about that, and he sort of gave another very uh, systematic answer, which is kind of this one, Rich, which is, you know, there's a lot of 
big problems to deal with in our country. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with that one too much, or I don't think about that too often, kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of brushed it off. So you know, very interesting. It's definitely look, uh, look. It's it's always nice when we're in the trades or we're in the news, the subject, and how it's being perceived and how it's being put out there for uh, Johnny Public. So I, you have to analyze it uh, eight eight ways to Sunday, and you know everyone else is doing the same, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, moving on. Moving on, Mr. Rich G of the Rich Giordano Show. In the news, I want to get your take on uh, the uh, the new Dulce Base article that everyone can read about. Kids in the chat room, if you want, uh, over on uh, Robert Morningstar's site, UFO Digest, which is always kind of, uh, I want to call it the New York Post of ufology. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that is not a cut, Mr. Morningstar, even though you're a Trump fan. Just kidding. Um, Dulce Base and a new wave of technological terrorism. Now, I'm not even going to go into detail about the article too much, but I will say that Dulce Rich, and I'd love your take on this because we never really spoke about the underground facilities together. Um, this has always been such a... A tough one for me because I'm personal friends with uh, with with a couple of guys who have made some pretty major claims out there when it comes to underground bases, and I just think that it's very strange in itself. I've been out to New Mexico, been out to some of these places. To me, when I hear the stories and I hear about cities underground, and I'm talking about cities, I'm talking about people talking about Underground cities with thousands of people, thousands, going from A to B, having subway tunnels, having tram systems to get from California to Colorado, to go from Cheyenne Mountain, NORAD, to go to China Lake Missile Range, Edwards Air Force Base, you name it, Dayton, Ohio. This stuff's all underground. We've heard about, what what is it, the Colorado Airport? We've heard about all these facilities. I haven't spoken to one person in my 20 years almost of radio besides, I would say, a couple of quote-unquote whistleblower types, but they were more researchers whistleblowing uh, secondhand information, so it didn't really count. I have yet to run into anyone that has personally claimed and been able to prove that they worked in one of these facilities. How about you, Rich? No, I haven't either. Yeah, I that's haven't either. That's problematic for me. Yeah, well, that is strange, you know, it, though. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about – when you look at the tunneling systems, the technology that existed back in the 60s and earlier, uh, we know that it's possible, obviously. We know that NORAD is an amazing feat. It's been around for a very long time, and we only know a component to it, obviously. But what its capabilities are, what it can withstand from a nuclear blast, etc. But now we're talking about, think about, if you're listening, when I used to drive around California or in Nevada, and I thought to myself that underneath me is an entire city that I have no access to. That's pretty freaky. And that's the way it has always been um, described in my imagination. I, I think that's the way that the folklore wants you to as well, which is 
there's these facilities and they go down to all these different laboratories and like did you see that movie Doom, Rich? You ever see Doom? Sure. Yeah, big time. I love that movie uh, with The Rock. Right. Um I didn't I thought it was going to suck and then I was like this movie's awesome. So if you <laughs> like action, that's a great movie. But that facility right. that uh, going down seven levels of different laboratories and we've heard all these stories. We've heard about the nightmare uh examination uh levels and the cross uh hybrid genetic manipulation levels. And we've heard about um even if you remember stories of people being murdered through some sort of uh, uh, mistake regarding working with extraterrestrials hand-in-hand and weapons and all kinds of crazy stuff. And if you remember, there was a guy who finally came out in the early 2000s, I believe, and said, hey, I actually worked at one of these fucking things. I was a big shot. And I worked one-on-one with an alien. His name was J-Rod. Do you remember this gentleman? Yeah, big time. guy by the name of Dan Burrish. Um, if you don't know who he is, I think he ended up being like a, at the end of the day, he ended up being like a Las Vegas security guard at a casino or something <laughs> when they finally did some digging. And I could be wrong, guys, you know, but I've listened to a lot of interviews. Again, if you want to be entertained, uh, you can probably find him over at Kerry Cassidy over at uh, Project Camelot where they, where they really do interview a bunch of, uh, pretty loony people sometimes and it's very entertaining stuff but dan will spin you a story about these underground bases rich and it blows my mind and i i get into it and that sci-fi part of my consciousness takes over and the next thing it's it, it's it evidence goes out the window you know what i mean well i uh, i'm gonna say something right now that i've never talked about i've mentioned it but I'm going to reveal something about me that I've never spoken about. I mentioned it on my show that I was going to do it. Um, but believe it or not, Jesse, I, I am so into remote viewing. I got these DVDs like 10 years ago and I tried to do remote viewing and I actually, t- I never talked about it 100% how I had these dreams or visions or whatever, but I was actually researching the, the, the Dulce base and went to sleep that night. And I talked about this several times and dreamt in depth about an underground base. And when I described the underground levels, you may have even heard one of the shows. I even did it on Future Theater. I talked about it where I was going in this elevator. It took uh-huh. me, yeah, and I was able to touch, like, it was a, it was a cage elevator, you know, like they have in mines, you can touch the walls as you're going down. And, you know, went to sub-level one, sub-level two, sub-level three, and sub-level four is where they had tests with humans and aliens combined, and it was like mental games you would play. And in this dream, it was Dulcie, I was there, and <laughs> it's it's also part of something I was going to talk about, you know, the Arizona news after we're done here or later on. Um, uh-huh. So I'm revealing part of why um, I'm telling you this uh, now because I, well, I have questions. I have lots of questions because uh, oh no, <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's I didn't not, expect you it. You can't just throw that out there, brother. You can't interrupt the news with a with a <laughs> bombshell. 
and then expect us to just go right to the Stan Romanek update, which is juicy, by the way. Oh my God, that's. But we're not. We're not. No, we have to pause. We have to pause and ask you a few questions because, as you know, and I don't know if you do, but if you're a longtime listener of this program. I had a very bad run-in with Ed Dames a number of years ago. Oh, wow. Major Ed Dames. Him and I, uh, we we definitely had a a major issue together. We had a problem here in Portland, and it's a very long story, and it got very ugly uh, (laughs) off the air uh, between Mr. Dames and I and his uh, handlers, I like to call them, or his marketing folks of his merchandise. However, the... The point, the takeaway for me really was a disdain and kind of a very bad taste in my mouth for remote viewing. I then also have interviewed, I believe his name is uh, Colonel Alexander, um, some big shots within the uh, the Stargate program for the most part. Uh, Mon yeah. Eagle, I believe I've, I've interviewed as well. A lot of these guys who weren't as flashy and... Uh, uh, doom gloomy uh, prediction oriented as Dames was during the Art Bell heyday. Remember that? Of course. Yeah, Doctor Doom. Everybody knows him. So obviously, I wanted him on my show when I went to Terrestrial here because I thought it would be terrific. Ended up really spinning out of control, and that's pretty interesting when you get involved with people off the air. Uh, some of these charlatans, and that's what I consider Dames at this point. Um, uh, to see it in action, uh, to see that this is what these people do for a living. This is not just a, a hobby or something that we just enjoy talking about and doing a show and such. This is how these people pay their rent. Well, and it's, uh, yeah. And, and with that said, this isn't something that happened to me when I was remote viewing. What I when I see, I'm, as you know, I'm the boots on the ground guy. I I get myself involved, and once I'm involved, I go all out. And when I got these DVDs, I didn't know I was getting them. This guy, somebody sent them to me. I don't know how I got them. I used to have a PO box with my website, and people would send me videos and all. And I got these six DVDs to teach yourself how to remote view, and. Uh, I'm like, I'm going to try it out. And I I always mentioned on my show, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about trying it, but I was already into it. And weird stuff would happen. Like after I do my session and I'd go to sleep, I fucking would go to those places, man. It was unbelievable. It's, you know, it's dreaming, but is it? It's just weird. And tonight, this whole conversation is like a deja vu. I mean, I had no idea you were going to talk. There was an update on Stan Romanek. I knew we were going to talk about it. It's just weird. Uh, (laughs) It's like that's why I said let me, you know, let me uh, be a part of the show. Do the show if you're not going to do it. There's just something about it tonight. Yeah, you were very passionate to get on the air tonight, and I was excited about that. And what I think has happened is we've fallen into something, and it's serendipitous because here's why. I, I, I had this horrible experience with Dames, like I said. And if you want to research it, kids, it's probably on the web, and it is juicy. Trust me. Cool. But that was years ago. And since then, I, f- I fell into New Mexico because of my fiancé um, as far as that's where her family is. So I got to visit this beautiful place. I got to see Santa Fe and all these places I had heard about, Dulce, obviously. And in fact, I was staying right, right outside of Dulce. And... I remember speaking to her family saying, do you realize that this is like UFO gold folklore 
territory that you're living on. In fact, I think they live on BLM, uh, BLM land because uh, they're kind of hermits. They, they they like living out in the sticks in the middle of nowhere away from people, which is something that I think I'm slowly striving for as well. Um, pretty smart people, pretty awesome people, but they really didn't know that much about it. They've heard a few things here and there, but uh, I mean there's so much that supposedly goes on there. But what I did fall into, Rich, and this is where I think it might be serendipitous, like I said, is that I fell into a tale there, a real story that was juicy. And it was told to me by uh, my fiancé's father. And he happens to uh, to be a very, very smart guy. And he made me hip to a story called, uh, I want to call it Forest Fen's Treasure. And I don't know how many of you have heard of Forest Fen, but... Basically, in a nutshell, Rich, mm-hmm. there's a gentleman in New Mexico, a very wealthy art dealer since the 50s, and this gentleman, Forrest Fenn, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, he decided one day in his early retirement, this is probably about, I don't know, five, six, maybe eight years ago, uh, to take a bunch of his jewels that he's gotten over the years, a collector of all kinds of coins and rarities, etc., Mm-hmm. Um, and put them in this amazing chest that he either designed or already owned. It came out to about two to three million dollars worth of uh, antiquities, apparently. Wow. There's gold <laughs> pieces, etc. And what he did was, Rich, he he went somewhere. He, now this guy is in his seventies and he lives on a ranch in New Mexico. Um, and he hid this treasure chest. And then what he did was he wrote a poem. It's only about a page long. And I'm not a big poetry guy. In fact, I kind of hate it, to be honest with you, because uh, it's just not my bag. But everyone started reading this poem, and he announced if you read the poem and you're able to unlock or decode the poem, you will find the treasure. And And it's yours. And so obviously people started flocking to New Mexico. These are This is a real Indiana Jones story. And he said the only types of uh, hints that he gave were that this 70-year-old man was able to do this in one day back and forth, meaning he had hit it somewhere that took him long enough to get back home at night. Oh, right. So he gave a piece of the puzzle, but yet if you've been to New Mexico, you know from Arizona, needle in a haystack, that poem is, is very important. But where did my head go after hearing that tale? was I said to myself, finally, 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 I have a juicy story, that, an experiment I can test with remote viewers who are willing to take the challenge to find Forrest Finn's treasure. Okay? This was exactly where my head went, and I came back from New Mexico. This was last year. And I said, I, I remember I called, uh, I wrote to Nancy Burns immediately. I said, I got a hot show for you guys. She didn't. She didn't seem that interested. I said I got to do this show because I am going to put a challenge, an official challenge, out to the remote viewing community that this should be quite easy. And there's many hints. It's not just a random target. This is the target. And here's the poem. And now I think you might have fallen into this challenge, Rich, because your your expertise of remote viewing, and obviously you're starting to 
presented, I, I think, on the show tonight as something that you think might be actually a, a real technology. Is that what, is, am I correct in that assumption? No, no, um, I don't think so. I, I don't. <laughs> You're like, no, You're dude. You're way no. off. You're so yeah. far off. I, I, dropped, I dropped the pot <laughs> I was washing that night. I really did. My mouth was wide open. That's how good the radio was. So uh, take that one and, and, and think about it. Because, uh, yeah, so when you're on, Rich, you're on. You know that. So I don't know anything. Oh, I do. Anyway, back to remote viewing. So um, tell us about the course a little bit. This is like an underground. It's like it was made for me. It was really it's it's not unlike it's not like a one you can just buy like at a store. It's like some guy made this and is passing it around to tell people how to really remote viewing. It was a former CIA operative, supposedly. And I ordered some like 50 DVDs on UFOs and this big jacket, this big thing with the 100 DVDs came to my mailbox and these six remote viewing DVDs came with it. I didn't know I ordered it. It just came with it. So as a bonus. As a bonus with other bonus, like UFO footage. <laughs> wow. Okay, but the, the guy doesn't say who he was? No. Oh, you don't, you don't no. know offhand. And he tells you how to do it, and you're kind of watching him do it. And you don't see him. You're just like in his – in his um, you're his eyes, you know, and he talks you through it. He goes, okay, now you're you – know, what we're going to do is this. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think of Mars. You know, he likes Mars, so he talked about Mars. And he goes, you can do this with anything. If you want to go to the moon, think of the moon. If you want to go to another dimension, think of an alternate reality. Just think it and then draw it out. And then you just start doing these things. I mean, this isn't – I mean, this it's a six-hour um, learning process. So it's not something I can just go through in five minutes. Of course. It's not that easy. It's a lot of um, uh, mental, what do you call it? Um, when people do like, it's like therapy. What do they call it? Uh, mental fart? Yeah, that's what I'm having now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <the> brain <laughs> fart. No, but but like a, lot, a lot of processing. A lot, a lot of, of it. Downloading of information and having concentration, right? Yeah, so it's almost like meditation. Um, <laughs> they want you to get so deep into thought, and then all of a sudden it goes, "Okay, we're going to end this DVD and go to." The, I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what it is. You, they want you to meditate, teach you how to meditate. They teach you how to go to your your mind's eye, basically. And the way this mm-hmm. guy did it is unlike any other ones I've seen, and it seemed to work after I was done. Um, and he said that you will have flashes appear and you'll, you'll be walking around or driving your car or shopping and all of a sudden you'll have flashes of Mars or flashes of the moon and this is real. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, bullshit. Right. You know, and then, uh, of course it, it happened to me and, and I recently got back into it, you know, again because I wanted to go to sleep, so I was trying to meditate, and then I said, oh, let me do remote viewing, and well, anyway, very strange way of doing it, um, but it but it, it seemed to work, and I, I don't know if it did, but you know, I dreamed of going, because well, I, I was going to do a show on the, the, the base back in the day, so I, I wanted to know uh, more about it, so I did remote viewing, 
And I, you know, after you do it for a while, you, you kind of take shortcuts and get yourself, or it just, you can meditate really quick. It's, it's really weird. Um, well, there's, and, there's, there's, uh, there seems to be different methodologies on how it needs to be done where you can have someone sort of guide you. Um, uh, th- there's a, there's a term for what, who those people are. Um, but, you know, this goes all the way back to the Courtney Brown days. Do you remember that? Guides? Yes, sir. They're called guides? Guides. Well, they are guides, but there's, the, the there's guides. more of a te- technical, you know, technical remote viewing. There's a term for the, the people who oh. give out the, the blind coordinates and such. But look, I find it fascinating. And I have spoken to some people outside of Dames that seem very sane that worked within Stargate and uh, have a lot of respect within the RV community. And let's let's be upfront; they're not they're not fans of Dames, you know. I mean, these guys are uh, now. If you talk to Basajo, Basajo, Basago, Basajo, Andy, Andy B. Uh, now you know why I nicknamed him Kids. Andy B. will tell you. I believe that he was trained by Ed Dames, which I don't know why you'd want to slip that into your already uh, tough to swallow pill. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he also claimed I believe cahoots, Jesse. that Ed Dames also trained one Barry Satoro. So there well, you go. As you know, they just, served together, uh, uh, according to Andy B. Right. Uh, these. The last two DVDs were two hours each, and what he did, he goes, okay, you're now you're primed and ready. So what he would do is give you these coordinates, or he'd give you, uh, you know, things to think of, and he, and he tested you, and he goes, okay, I'm going to tell you at the end where I'm taking you. So get into trance, da-da-da-da-da, and then I'll give you these coordinates. And I, I believe it or not, I've got like half of them right. Did you smoke weed when you did it or no? I uh, probably did. <laughs> I, mean, I would have, but I'm just wondering because uh, these guys will will claim right off the bat that if you smoke weed, none of this shit will work. And no, I was like, that's bad. Come on. It, it worked better, I think. Yeah, I think it was at that time. I was. Well, I think everything kind of works better on weed, but that's just me. It works. And me. And you? Yeah, no, it's a pro weed show. But uh, hey, we're in we're in Oregon for crying out we're loud. We're a pro weed network. PSA progressive weed. people in this town let me tell yeah. you do you know that i have seven weed stores on my block here i live off of mlk jr boulevard and uh i live 20 feet from a taco bell i live 15 feet from a mongol called yummy and oh my god i can't believe you just said that why you were just saying I live next to a Mongolian beef, and I almost said yummy right before you said it, and I had no idea. See, I'm having a weird I, night, man. It's not And I was fun. thinking yummy as he was talking about Mongolian food. I was thinking yummy. See? It's happening. I was thinking it. Well, I wasn't going to say <laughs> it. I was thinking it. I'll tell you, smelling this shit all day long next to your house I is- just farted, and you just said shit. <laughs> wow! Coincidence. Make a right if you make if you make a right after yummy is seven at least six to seven marijuana uh, dispensary stores uh, that sell A to Z. So uh, very very progressive town. Uh, not really fitting into the country in many ways as far as the way they look at a lot of stuff. So 
Not a lot of happy people politically in this town, I'll tell you that much. By the way, guys, uh, I'm thinking about changing the network name from uh, Public Streaming Network to uh, Pot Smoker Network Radio. What do you think? <laughs> uh-huh. oh yeah, God. that's popular, dude. So we get yeah. Cypress Hill to do some music, and we could get Snoop go. on a while. He'd be like, yeah, I like UFOs. <laughs> I like UFOs. Did you guys know that Snoop Dogg's uncle it, owns a barbecue restaurant here in my town? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, uh, no, oh, no I forgot his name. But his name is the name of the... His uh, Rottweiler. Oh, his name is Rio. Uncle Rio. His, his name's... Uh, the name of the place is Rio's Ribs. And they threw him out of his last location because he was stinking up the neighborhood <laughs> with his smoker outside the restaurant. So now he's, now he's in a new location. But uh, he looks very similar to uh, Snoop Dogg with the cornrows and, and uh, just the whole... Facial, tall, skinny dude. Features. He's not tall, skinny. He's actually a big guy that I would not fuck with. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he makes some mean mac and cheese. Nice. <laughs> anyway, back to remote viewing. Uh, so I have this test, honestly, Rich, and I haven't even really been able to speak about it too much because I thought to myself, who would really be up for this challenge? And I recall years ago interviewing a remote viewer, and I said, look. Can't we just make this easy? I don't need to tell you coordinates. I'll just tell you I'm putting something on my head. Tell me what it is. I don't care how long I have to sit there. I, you, I'm totally fine with that. And right. their response was always real silly. It was always, you know, very similar to these uh, Corey Good uh, uh, folks when you ask them for some sort of little tiny morsel of physical evidence, and they'll say like, oh, you know, I don't really have time for that. I'm pretty busy and. Uh, it's really not the right time, but you know, with the, the remote viewer guys, it was always like, oh, I wouldn't waste my time doing s- silly stuff like that. And I was like, well, that's kind of the meat and potatoes, isn't it? You know, the, If anything, if this program, Stargate, that many of us have heard about for years, if you're an ARPEL listener, um, if it did exist, which obviously it did, uh, the takeaway, if anything, was either A, this wasn't stable or reliable enough to be utilized uh, in, a, in, a, in a fashion that made sense for the military, or it continued in a uh, black form that we don't know about, which is impossible to prove, so we can't uh, assume that by any means. That's just a distant theory, so we have to go with what we know, which is that Stargate existed, and they shut it down because it was not really working up to a level of percentage hitting that would make sense to utilize for any sort of information, uh, i.e. recon. Uh, makes sense to me. Yeah. They tried it, didn't work, they moved on. Uh, but I, I really have a bad taste in my mouth with some of the remote viewers and the, the community at large sometimes about trying to find missing people uh, and missing children. And things of that nature, because yeah. I think that's you're going into a place that you don't belong. If you want to do this stuff as a parlor trick for fun and try to screw around, good for you. But when you start telling people like Dames does that he's going to find your child and then uh, the guy's nowhere to be found after uh, the radio show and he's sold some books and some seminars, that's making money off of his kids. And that's not cool. There's nothing so. different than being a psychic, man. It's the same thing. Well, it's just faking a psychic way. It's just another way to fake shit. 
I agree. I think it's definitely a parlor trick, and uh, it's a guessing game, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. just something you get better at with time, and you've proved it on your show many times uh, when you were uh, when you were a psychic. Yeah, I thought I was, and then well, I felt I, bad because, you know, a lot of people. Were uh, too many, and it was like the same thing over and over. Am I going to be successful? Am I going to be in a relationship? Fuck off. And, and, well, you know, well, you have like Bassett calling you up. Hey, Rich, uh, Steve Bassett. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, do you think we're going to have disclosure in the next three weeks? Because I promised it. <laughs> he does, right? Every year. <laughs> oh, or, my God. You know, who else would call uh, Travis Walton might call him like, hey, Rich, Travis. Uh, yeah, I heard you're psychic now. Um, <laughs> hey, can you, I don't know what the fuck happened to me. Can't, I don't know what happened. So that kind of thing. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. i just saying, now that you've thrown this out there, perhaps you want to think about taking this challenge. There is a lot of information. Uh, a gentleman went missing just this past summer. Because, like I said, people are flocking there still. There are YouTube sites with people trying to uh, put out their theories of where Forrest Finn's treasure is. Um, Finn has come out. He's still alive. And he said that the treasure's still there. And he checked last year. Okay? Wow. Still. Three million bucks up for grabs. And it's probably worth a lot more now. Why don't we try it, man? I'll try it. Like, maybe if we. We should. We'll pick a night, maybe you know, in the well, next six months. I have to go back to New Mexico on a, on a you know not a regular basis, but you know uh, high holy days for sure. So you know I will be in the vicinity. I am right there on the Rio Grande when I go there, in the middle of nowhere, right where this thing's supposed to be. All I need is a good goddamn remote viewer, and we're in business. Let me ask you this: anything in that poem talk about a tree trunk? Well, the the poem's online. You can you can read it right after this show if you just uh, right. if you Google Forrest Finn's poem. Perhaps we can even read it together if we want to kick off this project, this experiment, the the rich RV experiment, oh. and read the poem. Get people's advice via chat, etc., on anything that might be able to assist you in your process before you go. You know. Do what you do in your dreamlike state. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> find this sucker, and I'll split it with you uh, 60-40. You can have 60. How's that? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do 70-30. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> as long as I get 45%, we're all good. It's all okay. Oh, here, here, here comes the boss. Here comes the uh, landowner. Yep. Man. You always got you got to pay the boss, man. You know. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I was going to talk about politics tonight, I'm sorry, but I didn't. Hey, we're getting some sort of weird, uh, weird yeah, feedback. Yeah, that, that's coming on, uh, I think it's Rich's end, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how, but. So much for his blue balls uh, microphone. Yeah, tell your snowball. <laughs> blue balls. In case you don't know, I asked Rich why he sounds so much better than me on the air, and uh, he's got a. A real jazzy mic. So, oh, I think blue balls you, uh, <laughs> we have to, gentlemen, we have to move on. We haven't even gotten through the news yet, as entertaining as that was, that revelation. Rich, I'm, I'm going to drop your call real quick and bring you back on and see if it fixes it, okay? Yeah. 
It seems like it's fine now, but well, we'll find out. It's, it's clear. It's clear now. So hopefully he picks up. Oh, there he goes. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, 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 hi. What, what, what? It's hey, me, what? me, me. What, what, what? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes. Okay, guys, we're moving on here in the news. And, of course, if we have uh, tantalized you long enough, time for the Stan Romanek trial update. Yeah. Yep. Dun, dun, been... dun. Thank you. Yeah, you've waited long enough. We're going to give it to you. Uh, as you know, we've been following the trial of Stan, one Stan Romanek, once a ufology superstar uh, on every major show, as Rich brought up, uh, Oprah Winfrey, Larry King, multiple times, uh, probably. Uh, did he do the uh, Tony Danza show? Does anyone know? No, but I, I think I found a video, and he was on, like, Nightline or something, one of those shows. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I know. Interesting. I I think we did a 2020 on him. That's what it was. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yes, better. Um, so the guy was a superstar. No one is going to deny that. Okay, he came out with a couple of books, and one of his amazing claims was that he had been downloaded with these scientific formulas. And I don't remember which researcher it was that was working with him. There were a number, but there were a couple that were really intertwined with well, working. Well, Jeff Peckman. Remember, uh, Peckman was uh, one of the main guys. Jeff Peckman was one for sure. Yeah. Uh, these folks uh, were trying to also tell the public that Stan, who had some sort of learning disabilities, I believe, was able to download these scientific formulas that he never would have known, etc., etc. Very similar to the Meyer story, where the one-armed Swiss farmer uh, is getting information, although he doesn't have the education, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so Stan, as you know, uh, was arrested and charged with uh, multiple counts of, I believe, uh, possessing child pornography, and uh, it's been a real black spot for ufology, but a lot of people have forgotten about it, so that we have the Stan Romanek update tonight for y'all because a lot of people want to know what the heck is going on. Some people think this is tied into some sort of conspiracy, mm-hmm. and you know we need to talk about that too. Let's find out what's going on real for uh, real real quick here. Uh, Stan Romanek update, and this is as of February twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen. It looks like the Romanek trial has been rescheduled from March 20th to July 31st. Hmm. Defense attorneys Elizabeth and Theodore McClintock suggested they need more time to review additional evidence recently presented by the prosecution. And this is a quote. We're taking a lot of, I'm sorry, we're talking a lot of forensic evidence here, end quote. Elizabeth McClintock reportedly told the court. Uh, that in itself sounds a little scary. Mm-hmm. Judge Blanco questioned why the defense lists 30 witnesses down from over 100 originally listed before the court asked Romanek's attorney to reduce the number. Blanco expects an explanation before the next status conference on April 7th. Can you believe that, guys? 100 witnesses for Stan Romanek's defense. 
For for the child pornography? Yeah. This is uh, check every one of those people's computers for job. I check every single one of them for job. Well, yeah. this is his defense. These are, I mean, I don't think he's putting. You know, who's going to come to Stan's defense? What? How can you get a hundred guys? What, what happens after the first like three? Right. Right. You know, who's going to be like number seventy-eight? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, are they coming out with some names of uh, people that are going to be there? Or? No, I mean. There's two juicy parts to this, obviously, which is the one that we're talking about, and also the the fact that they're talking about a lot of forensic evidence here. That's Ooh, it, yeah. Forensic evidence implies, uh, you know, fingerprints and such, doesn't it? I mean, the the term forensics, uh, it's not yeah. forensics. Well, not, not based not, on not any like that. Verbal it, it, can, it, it can mean DNA, also. Uh, it may be blood or semen uh, Physical. found. Uh, Physical, yeah. yeah, physical trace it. evidence. Yeah, trace right. evidence. Yeah. Trace evidence. Yeah, so this is, that in itself, that one quote made my eyes open mm. because I was thinking, right, now hold on, guys, because forensic evidence, wouldn't that include pictures? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Forensic is something that I think is measured, you know, the like forensic, ah, damn it, somebody explained it to me. Anyway, it's something, uh, ah, forget and forget it. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I but mean, it's it more, could, it's, it could because, I mean, forensic, uh, like, for example, a forensic pathologist is a person who studies the body directly, but there's a whole forensics team that comes out to the locations where there's been a crime and they dissect different parts of the crime scene. So I'm pretty sure part of that would be dissecting what's inside the computer. No, no, no. You actually, you were right the first time. I'm going to read the, uh, the term, uh, the definition. I think we're hit on something here. Forensic evidence is evidence obtained by scientific methods such as right. ballistics, blood test, and DNA test and used right. in court. Forensic evidence often ha- uh, helps to establish guilt, et cetera, et cetera. But everything you guys just described is forensic evidence, not the pictures, I don't think, if there's pictures. No, it's things that are measured, you know, like like blood splatters, forensic, you know, you know they somebody gets shot close up, you know they can tell how where the blood splattered on your clothes, you know they can test that type of blood splatter uh, compared to an axe that you know went through somebody's skull, so yeah, that type of shit. Yeah, that's kind of you know at first when I heard about this case, I thought you know we really don't know very much. This is the problem. So this is why I. I'm also – I was hoping that this would be a televised case. Do you guys think that it might have any chance of that? No. Mm, it would be interesting, but I don't think it's a big enough uh, recognized case nationwide for it to like, actually get a televised uh, viewing. But, uh, you know, we know about it, but, I mean, how many people outside of ufology really follow Stan Romanek or his child pedophilia case? I mean, not many people are going to even care about this. Uh, but, you know, I- I'll be interested in seeing what, you know, they – bring out as forensic evidence and what does this actually mean in the long term like you said right i mean is there like a, a child involved is there other children in plural i mean how many people are we talking about here are going to come to his defense but this is a really interesting stuff you know what are the names of these people uh you know how are they going to exactly defend them because i mean when somebody does at four in the morning when they're by themselves 
uh, with a bunch of other people in the dark in the computer. That's, you know, something that most people probably won't even know about. You know, a lot of these folks have friends that, you know, they deal with them on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. They would never know they're, in, you know, into these kind of, like, things or, you know, these kind of crimes. So, I mean, who knows what some people might think he's a great guy, and in reality they just don't know the real Stan Romanek. Um, so, I mean, people got to be careful when they put their names out there on some, you know, folks like this. But I wonder who are the names that they're going to drop. And, again, I would say check every one of these names for uh, their computers, you know, for uh, child pornography. Hold on. I, I want to I, I see something here. Uh, um, well, no, I think we kind of we talked it through about forensics. But yeah. for, for me, I, I, I think, again, it just adds up to more questions. And I am – I have to be honest with you from – this show becoming uh, a little bit more gossipy about what's going on in ufology, which I encourage. It's fun. I enjoy it. Somebody has to do it. I think we do it well. Um, I want to be at this trial, guys. I want to take vacation and go sit through this thing. Are you kidding me? There's going to be over 35 witnesses for the defense. Can you imagine how long that's going to take? Dude, so, I tell you. So, yeah. So we're like the view of ufology. You know, I mean, my dad was a criminal <laughs> defense attorney my whole life, so I, I – I, I grew up going to trials sometimes in, in New York, and not only did I find it fascinating, you know, it was pretty cool to watch your old man doing closing statements trying to save a mm. kid's life, you know, who was mm. facing 10 to 20 for armed robbery or something. You know, um, the crazy so, part about this whole case, uh, though, uh, Jesse, is uh, while this is a child pedophilia case, you know, we know that much at least, uh, immediately after he was arrested, it, it's uh, like... He he was planning this before he even got arrested. They started already making this as like, oh, you know, they're just doing this because of my UFO videos and my connection. And like his entire defense, I think, is going to be that they're going after him because of his UFO connection and his alien connection and his videos and, and who he is and you know what he represents. And I mean, that's going to be the entire defense here. And if that's the entire defense, and they have real hard, concrete evidence against this guy. But that's why uh, that's why this coach. thing is going to be so fascinating because yeah. his entire defense, guys, and this is what Jack Brewer, who, by the way, via Jack Brewer's blog, um, is how I find my uh, Stan Romanek updates when I'm salivating for one. There it is at the uh, UFO Trail, which is uh, ufotrail.blogspot.com. Uh, which always makes me chuckle a little bit. But uh, talk about a no-frills blog page, but what a great writer, Jack Brewer. I really am a fan. And sure enough, if you want Stan Romanek updates, that's the place to go. But what's fascinating, and I brought this up last week, a point that Jack made and why I wanted to have him on the show. Unfortunately, he has a family emergency, can't make it, uh, which is why we call Rich G. Just kidding. Um in his, in his blue balls microphone. There you go. Uh oh. Is he back? Do we have Rich? Ha ha ha. Uh, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> we have some sort of like digital bleeping. It's like, uh, it sounds very spacey. It's coming from uh, another dimension, I think. Bleep, 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 bleep. If Andy B was on right now, there would be something behind that sucker, I'll tell you. But, anyways, back to Stan Romanek. The trial itself, because it's going to have a ufology defense, is fascinating to all of us. We are – we've never had this happen in the history of ufology where someone is going to have a public forum in the courts to try to outline this crazy conspiracy that he's going to come up with. And that to me is is, is worth taking a little vacation to go down to Colorado and uh, 
um, watch this trial. Is anybody interested in doing that with me? Oh, my God, I would love to. I'd be like, uh, what was that movie, the the Gigolo movie? And I'd be in the back going, that's a dumb asshole. You know, <laughs> scream shit out. Yes. <laughs> that's a yes. big bitch. See, that's- but even it's funny, during the sentencing, I'd be in the background screaming, you can do it. <laughs> when they're, when they're <laughs> contemplating about life or death or the chair, how about the chair? You can do it. That'd be me in the background. I, uh, you know, that defense, no. it, it, it doesn't hold water. It's well, we so is rich. We don't know what it is. That's what's so fascinating is what is he going to spin with his lawyer? Well, he's going to say that they planted this on me because I have real evidence that I had an alien at my house and I, I have evidence to prove it. And he's going to show this puppet video. And uh, But here's the thing. This is why I don't believe this is years after. Why do they wait so long to come up with this case against him and plant the evidence this far after? Nobody believes that shit's a real alien. I mean, people do, but not to the masses, man. No, no, yeah, they're, I, call, they're called retards, Rich. <laughs> yeah, I know they are. People, I know. Maybe from people from other planets might think that's real, but anybody who sees that video just starts laughing that I, I've ever seen. So and I've what, even showed it. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I mean that, that's why it's awful. If that's the defense they're going to use. Uh, you said you were going to say you showed it to people? I've showed it to um, two special effects people. Um, they'd seen it already, but I wanted to get their take, and they just they, – it's its laughable, obviously. But it, you don't need a special effects guy. Um, the point is, is, as you brought up, it's late in the game. Uh, also, what Stan did wasn't all that unique, okay? <laughs> There's a guy coming out with a story of how he's talked to aliens. Well, big fucking deal. We've had major players – well, I don't want to say major players, but, you know, you have guys like Phil Kraft. You remember that guy? Yeah, I think I do. What this is do? Look at the New York Times, uh, L.A. Times for like, I don't know, 40 years or something as an editor. And he was a very well-respected guy in journalism. And then one day he comes out with a book and has a story that uh, he's been hanging out with aliens. And they've been sort of uh, grooming him. So that he will be able to bring about, uh, you know, new paradigm, et cetera, et cetera. Same old spiel. Yeah, yeah. And um, sure enough, you know, the guy did the book tour and he did the interviews and then he sort of floated away. And he blamed, I think, 9-11 on why they decided to uh, <laughs> come down and hang out with us. But, uh, you know, this is so what? I mean, you know, they didn't go after him and he didn't have people trying to silence him because, as we all know, in this day and age – the last thing that they're interested or care about is one of the the bugs, which we are the sheep, uh, coming out with uh, extraordinary claims. It doesn't, especially with no evidence behind it. it. They just not only do they not care; they like guys like Stan Romanek. Right. Okay, so that's the other side of the coin, which is if you watched Mirage Men, which is fantastic, by the way. I thought uh, so. Yeah. Go ahead. Have you seen it? Yeah, a couple times on Netflix, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I thought it was good, and it got like two stars out of five. I'm like, it wasn't bad at all. I thought it was very entertaining. Me too. I I think they did a great job, and um, you really felt a lot of empathy. Yeah. Because this is a side of ufology, and, and and it's really kind of sick, which is that this subject really messes with people's minds. 
Okay, so we, we tongue-in-cheek it, but once you start delving into this subject on a deep level, you end up meeting a lot of strange people, and if you get into radio or some form of media, you have a lot of people talking to you from places you've never heard of as far as, you know, people you normally wouldn't communicate with trying to reach out to you or asking or getting information about you or hate mail or lawsuits or whistleblowers, people that want to reach out to you because you're a vessel, which I used to call myself a lot. I'm a vessel. I'm not a researcher. You just, you know, put the information through here. So, so, you know, it it can get, I want to use the word dangerous, but it's more of a mental danger, which it can drive you crazy, don't you think? Well, it has. And basically not because of all the crazy people, but... Because it's so repetitious. It's the same story just from a different person. It's just another version of someone else's story. It pisses me off. It's what made me go away for a long time and not want to do it anymore. Yeah, and and you're not alone. There's countless people who have said, you know what, fuck this. I'm I'm not getting anywhere. I've spent 20 years on this thing. I'm no closer. I mean, the, the good thing about Fox Mulder's character is that you got to see how frustrating it was with the carrot dangled in front of an FBI guy. But imagine just a regular Joe trying to get to the bottom of some of this shit. Good luck. And I bring back the frustration of being out behind Edwards Air Force Base in Death Valley or someplace like that and sitting, I am here in the middle of nowhere and you're telling me there's an entire city underneath me that I have no access to, although I probably paid for some of it, at least a couple of chairs. And I am too much of a nobody to, ha- to even know about this. That's how insignificant I am. That right. becomes depressing. That becomes something where you feel you have knowledge that other people don't have and that bothers people, where they feel they have to preach it or talk to others because they're, not, they're so stupid or blind. To what's really going on so it's very difficult it's very difficult on the mind you're not going to get physically injured delving into ufology um, now some would argue that's not true if you get further down the hole and you start getting really close to the quote-unquote truth uh, that shit can happen to you uh, I have yet to become hip to the fact that anyone has been silenced physically for saying anything um, about ufology well well, we talked about it a week or two ago, how Joe Rogan did a 180. Oh, and, yes. And I, uh, again, I, I found a, a much longer, uh, more updated Alex Jones interview where, or his show on InfoWars. He talked about it again and how they threatened Joe Rogan's family. Not just Joe Rogan. Five years ago when he was, got, was getting into it, they visited Joe and his family. Supposedly, allegedly, but this is now. This uh, is an interview. Set the stage. This is an interview that he did uh, the Joe Rogan show with Alex Jones, correct? No, it's not. Um, Alex Jones and Joe Rogan are friends. Um, Right. uh, According to yeah, according to Alex Jones, Joe Rogan knows as much as he does about you know hidden this, hidden that, secret this, secret that, all that shit we like and. Alex Jones was doing his show Infowars and they were talking about the cover-ups and all this stuff and he goes, "Well, you know, my my you know, Joe Rogan, 
uh, he was told he couldn't do his show anymore because he was getting into things and conspiracies that the government doesn't want him doing. And his, his podcast was getting popular and he was getting famous, more famous than ever. And they threatened Joe. They threatened him and his family. And Joe Rogan, uh, you know, he's not going to talk about it, but we're, we're real close. We've talked about it a few times. And he told me that they threatened him and his family's lives. Really? Yeah. You can watch it on InfoWars. Uh, uh, it's nope. up, yeah. I did watch it, but I don't think I uh, – I didn't see any response. Do you know if there was no. any sort of response? He said he won't respond to it. He said okay, Joe Rogan won't respond to it. Because Alex Jones has the biggest mouth in the world, and he would uh, he would own up to that. It makes it makes him a very happy uh, living, I'm sure. But um, one thing I would think would be difficult for Alex Jones to do is to keep a secret like that. Yeah, and, and he wouldn't do that to Joe Rogan and make shit up about him. Also, guess well, I who would... imagine Joe would be pissed that he actually said that on the air, don't you think? Uh, I would think so, but. No response yet. And guess who was on Joe Rogan last week? Neil deGrasse Tyson. I, you know what? I, I saw it, and it's in my queue. Uh, tell us about the show. Was it worth listening to? It was. Was it a bluff yeah, piece again? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, you it's know, not, I've never seen good. somebody kiss Neil's ass the way that Joe does. It's like these guys are just – they're too chummy, man. Like – Joe Rogan represented, you know, anti-establishment at one point when he started his program, as we've talked about. And we both sort of related to him because of his East Coast roots and such and his ethnicity, etc. And I've looked towards him. I've looked I've told people to listen to his explanations on some of the things such as moon hoax and some of the really straight up like easy to ask questions without all the big words and everything. That's one thing that's terrific about Joe Rogan. He's very straight up. He's very street. He's kind of like, uh, like, um, uh, you know, Marky Mark tries to be, you know, Mark <laughs> Wall, you know, but he's the real deal, Joe, I think. But then he does this 180, as we said, and then we, nobody knows why he's done this 180. I don't think we're the only people talking about this. I think I caught another show saying, Hey, what the F? But I think well, we're one of the ones that are starting to call him out on it and say, hey, you, you kind of owe us an explanation here, don't you think? Is that where we're at at this point, Joe, uh, um, Rich? Yeah, well, that's why Alex Jones talked about it, because people are wondering why Joe Rogan changed. It's amazing. It, I almost like, did they listen to us two weeks ago or something, man? I mean, it was just amazing to hear him say that. Um, so... Yeah, I think that's where we're going. I think uh, Joe Rogan ha- is doing a slow turn, man. He, man I don't, I'm it's afraid. It's so weird, but it makes, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Think about it. There are radio hosts that have died for doing what they do on the radio. We know that. There was a right. radio host that was assassinated by a white supremacist in, I believe, Seattle a number of years ago for what he said on the air in his driveway. <laughs> wow. I mean, this does happen. I, just because it hasn't been proven to me on this program doesn't mean that people don't get harassed and such. We know that it happens. I mean, but to me, how is Joe handling this? How is he able – number one, I'd be incredibly angry at Alex as a friend to say, dude, how could you do that? You know, um, 
I'm, I, I, this is real. I don't want to get involved in this. But you know what? He's been knee-deep in this. The guy had his own show on Conspiracy Joe. He really was a conspiracy guy. So mm-hmm. at this point, look, Rich, you seem to have the best contact uh, because you've actually conversed with him a number of times, right? Yeah, a couple times, yeah. So I think, I mean, I have to just ask if you'd be open to trying to get him to get on your show so we can get some answers. And it's not in a, this is coming from a place of love. I mean, we're fans of this guy. Am I right? Huge. Yeah, yeah I always liked Joe Rogan. I've seen him do stand-up in L.A. He's very good, by the very way, as, as just a comedian. Um, and I think he's very well respected within the, the comedy world. Big time. Uh, yeah. So, you know, this is a guy who wasn't afraid to say, hey, Robin Williams steals jokes. I know. Yeah. And, and when he also outed uh, that one guy who was stealing Next, everybody's jokes. Cardinal Spencia. Yeah. yeah. He turned out not to be Mexican. He's like half German and half like Peruvian. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, he stole his ethnicity too. But <laughs> his name was his name was Zikhel Gonzalez or something. <laughs> well, either way, I mean, if you look it up, I mean, Joe Rogan does not mince words. He's usually a guy who's known for speaking his mind and and letting the cards fall where they may. He's a trained martial artist. He's a well-respected uh, guy in that field. Uh, I think the UFC is so much uh, more fun with him. Uh, as the announcer, he makes it really easy to understand. I, I could go on and on about the guy. So it would be coming from a place of love where, you know, sometimes people are, might be a little afraid to come on one of our programs because they think they're going to get sort of crucified because they don't have any sort of physical events to back up their claims. And they should, they should feel that way because this is the kind of program and, uh, that's going to ask them for that. So, yeah, if you don't have that and you're going to come on, that's going to be a little tricky because it's going to make it seem as though you might be sort of just making it up. Uh, But with Rogan, perhaps he would say, you know what, I do owe this community some sort of explanation as to why I've done an absolute 180 on not only the moon. So what I'd be asking if he was listening is, Joe, what convinced you or what was it? about these questions, these very easily uh, answerable questions that are very hard to answer because there probably isn't a good explanation. For instance, the Van Allen radiation belt and why we haven't gone past it or through it uh, since Apollo uh, in 2017. And we're talking about trying to attempt it uh, way into the 2020s. Okay. So either, you know, that, that raises huge flags and, and that was one of Rogan's points. He was very uh, big on the Van Allen belt. He was very big on a lot of other questions regarding moon hoax and a number of other conspiracies. But moon hoax was a big one. He's done a 180 on that one, obviously. And now he's doing a 180 possibly on some other subjects, I would think. Um, let's see if we can get him on your show, Rich. If you can make that happen, I, I, would, I would really be interested to hear what he has to say. You know, even yeah. if he responds to your request, you know. Yeah, tomorrow I'm I'm actually going to work on that in the morning and send a really good email. And um, I'm also, um, you know, I figured out how I would ask him. You know, look, we I love you. I'm a huge fan, as you know. About that, that's why you're here because I love you. And I also am concerned about 
certain things that I've been listening. I've listened to everything you do, and I noticed something. And then I'd say Alex Jones talked about it and mentioned that you're backing off your claims and and the way you feel about this and that, you know. And I would just use Alex Jones as a segue into that instead of just saying, "Why did you change?" You know, and say, "I heard, I noticed it." And then and then we can talk about that. But I would use Alex Jones as my way in. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Throw Alex Jones under the bus. Yeah. Make him the bad guy. Yeah. And blame it all well, on him. Yeah. Because like I'd be like pissed it. off if, unless Joe Rogan said it's okay if you talk about it, but I ain't fucking saying shit. So maybe, uh, maybe that's the relationship they have. Or, or yeah. Yeah. I want to hear your unless first. <laughs> I think it's the same thing. Or Alex Jones just said it and then deal with it later. <laughs> Well, there's that, that there that's probably what happened, and, and or it's more clandestine, and they actually planned it because they knew right. they were buzzing. And you know that's what's hard. And again, the mind fuck with ufology. Is this something to read into? Is it not? Is it someone just getting a little older and had a couple of puppies, so they changed his views because he's more but, interested in retirement and 401ks and things like that now? Um, you know, I mean, this stuff does get old to people as they get older sometimes because they get kind of like blasé, like, oh, who cares? You know, it's hard enough making coffee. I don't care if there's aliens. I don't think it's that, man. I, no. I don't think so. No, because him and his friends, they're all into this, man. They yeah. they love it. But he got – it's Alex Jones didn't specify it was aliens. It said he was with the conspiracy show and Joe's popularity on the podcast and his interest in conspiracies and how much he knows. He, he was probably getting too close, and they threatened his family. I mean that's how it was said. So it's not just about UFOs. I mean I'm sure it's a huge portion of it, but you know, I don't know why that wasn't a major story. That, that in itself is a great story. Right? It's a major star. Joe Rogan's a major star. I don't care if you like him or not. But a major star possibly silenced for his outspoken behavior regarding certain conspiracy theories. Wow. That's a great fucking story. Yeah, but, you know what? That's my next show. Oh, and if, yes. Yeah, and, and if I put the heading out like that, that, that might make it somewhere on Twitter. You do a press release. Yeah, exactly. If we don't hear from you again, we'll know that it was true. Or, uh, you know, uh, oh, whoops. Sorry, I lost you guys there for a second. That was weird. No, I'm balls. Yeah. I, I just love doing that all that. That was weird. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> wow, yeah, that was wild. Are you all right? That's so what happened last week at the same time. Like, <laughs> did, you, did you ever listen to And it was like, wow. Did you ever listen to Hoagland where he kept getting... Uh, a phone call every time he started doing his show, right? Yeah, he gets distracted. But it's on his landline, and it's always no one, right? So, like, at, like, 1030, he'd go on at, like, 10 or whatever it was, or midnight. He'd go on at midnight, and at, like, 1215, the phone would ring while he was talking every show. And he would pick it up and be like, hello? <laughs> and it was really funny because I don't know if it was a gimmick or what, but – I think it was organic. It really was happening. And nobody that, why does he get a phone call? And I was like, why the fuck do you have a landline too? <laughs> yeah. Who has those? <laughs> but it's a whole glid, you know? So anyway, wait, hey, look, look, we're getting low on time. I wanted to give you some time to give us uh, some, some important news that you want to announce tonight. And uh, is it okay if I just kind of give you the floor? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the news in Arizona 
and we've had this issue several years ago. Um, we're having these sonic booms um, pretty much at 3 o'clock in the morning again. Um, yeah, it was really strange. Uh, last Wednesday, I think it was, uh, no, Thursday, I was doing the remote viewing thing, and um, I wasn't able to sleep and whatever. So when I did fall asleep, I was awoke by this super freaking loud bang. I thought somebody threw like a baseball at my my window. It was it banged so loud. We actually have cracks in the street um, that everybody was looking at when I was leaving for work. And they're like, where did all these cracks come from in the pavement? And I went outside on the main road where I was walking my dog and down this almost the center of the street. It's cracked from maybe about a quarter of a mile. The whole street's cracked. So we're getting these sonic booms and people are calling calling in. They're calling news. They're dialing 911. So I don't know what that's about. It could be like these things I've heard of called skyquakes. That yeah, like you know, like uh, those. That's sky what it quakes. sounds like, right? Where the, the is that what you're insinuating though? That maybe uh, these these booms are actually cracking the cement on the street. That I'm saying they weren't there a day wow. or two ago, and now they're there. We just had our whole complex paved and the road out front. Um, and I live in a gated community. We don't have a lot of traffic here. It's just people who live here, you know. I'm this not crack- asking. Hey, Rich, I'm not asking about your sexual history, man. We don't oh. do that on the show. That's, well, <laughs> he said a gated community. So. Uh, well, so we have a big gaping hole. A terrible, <laughs> terrible. Big gaping joke. hole. That's my sex life right there, too. Yeah. Oh man, hookers and blow. That's all. So if blow, anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and if anybody wants to go online and look look it up, it's not I the do. harps. It's not the harps, you know, where people hear, you know, that kind of shit. The harps of God or the angels, you know, everybody was. <laughs> it sounds like whales underwater, man, right? So like dolphins. Yeah. Did it sound like like Star Trek? Remember the one with the whales of Voyage Home? Remember the yeah. whales? Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> they had to slow it down because it sounded like meow, 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 meow. and then they, they got- slowed it down, and Spock goes, Captain. Did you know that the da 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 da? da and if we slow it down, you can hear the depiction of whale song. By God, man, you're a genius. He should have turned around and he should have been like, Captain, did you realize that whales sound like a sedated Chewbacca? (laughs) Fascinating. So that is really strange. And then uh, I was going to talk about uh, the remote viewing thing that I did. And I wanted to find out about alternate dimensions. So I concentrated on it, you know, like I was taught, like I remembered, and I nothing happened, of course. I imagined what it would be like to be in an alternate dimension, you know, where things are slightly different. I'm a rich guy instead of a broke guy, you know. I'm, <laughs> I've got kids or I don't. So I go to sleep, and I, you know, four hours I slept, and I woke up, and I and the first thing I said when I woke up was, whoa. 
And I had the most incredible, freaky ass. Like, I'll tell you one part of it. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady in my in my thing, but he doesn't play for New England. He plays for the Giants, and it won, and and people hate the Giants. And I was actually at the Super Bowl, and for some reason, people knew me. Like when I would stand up, everybody's like, "Hey, sit down!" You know, they're like, "People knew me." Like they wanted my autograph. Uh, it was kind of cool, man. It was like I was in the stadium, and then after the game was over, I met Tom Brady, and it was like so real. I could like smell everything—the food, the people, the getting bumped into, cameras being pushed in your back. It was such a great experience. And uh, Rich, I got a question for you. So. At what point exactly did you steal Tom Brady's jersey? Because now I know for a fact it was you. That's another dimension, brother. I Maybe <laughs> I did. That's so funny, right? I know. Somebody stole his jersey. It's probably a yeah. rep- reporter who did it. Um, yeah, so, you know, it seems like remote viewing, I don't know if it works, but for me, mentally, it's if anybody ever wants to try it, maybe look up on how to do it. See if you have the same experience. But it, well, it, it stimulated your imagination. If anything, yes, yes. But why football? And 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 then another part of that was um, I didn't have a radio show, but I got into a very nice car. I don't know what kind of car it was, but the doors opened. Suicide doors, you know, you know how you can get in like the mobsters had. Like so a it was DeLorean. One of those, uh, maybe a Bentley, I think it was. Something oh. like a Bentley. Yeah, it was a really kick-ass car. And I remember talking about it, you know, saying, that's right, I drive a $400,000 car, bitch. You know, I remember saying that when people like, oh, he's got such a nice car. I can hear people talking about me, you know. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it was from watching Billions. I don't know. So, <laughs> well, you know, when you have a dream and you just wish you could get back into it. Yeah, but it was really strange um, because I also – did another remote viewing session and I wanted to know about the Phoenix lights, whether they were real or not. So I went into that trance and flares was what was, we saw on the video at 10 o'clock. But believe it or not, this friggin' thing that happened at 8.15, when I w- went to sleep, I saw the ship in my dream. It was fucking amazing what I saw. Uh, it's just so amazing to, to just see this shit and you're like a skeptic, you know, like I, I'm like, I don't believe anything anybody else says and I don't expect you to believe me. God, don't believe me. It's a dream, people. I, I'm, you know, stimulating my brain, as you just said. So I don't believe uh-huh. I, but in one sick personal way, I believe it is working to an extent. I mean, well, your reality is what you make it to a certain degree. That's true. I mean, you have to look at that and say, okay, if I, if I decide to live in the wilderness and not talk to anybody, I've I've uh, created that reality, right? So, man, yeah. the emotion, the emo- I was almost in tears. I was so happy to see this UFO. You know, I was, and I and I remember saying, um, "Fucking Five Symington, the governor of Arizona, he didn't see this. If he would have seen this, he would have said this. He would have known about this. I saw things on this ship that were amazing detail, like like okay. it was like." It was like stealth technology. You know how our stealth bombers, they're kind of like shaped a certain way. It's like almost like a Tetris type of thing. Well, that's what this ship was. It looked like Tetris. All the different shapes made this ship, and they were all connected somehow. And each of the lights that were on this ship were individual um, 
places you could actually stay and sleep and, and, you know, you know, be a part of the ship. It was huge, like enormously huge. Think about a mile, how long, 5,200 feet. This thing was probably double that. It, it was huge. Wow. Yeah. And I remember when I watched it go over the mountain where I live, I'm like, that is, oh my God, you're so, I kept thinking how beautiful it was and how we don't have this technology. And I wish, you know, I could, I, and I'm like, in my dream, I'm like, take me with you. Take me with you. <laughs> I'm like, please, I just, I want off this planet. I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not meant to be on yeah. Earth. Take me with you. And I, of course, nothing happened. And then I'd wake up and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, wow, that was another amazing thing that just happened. So I don't know. I'd like other people to try it. Nobody's going to do it. I know you won't. But if you do, let, you know, let Jesse or me know. You know, I'd like to know how you experience it, whether you fall asleep or experience it through meditation, however it is. Um, and well, also when- how you, you, you hit on something interesting, which is, uh, you know, there's a lot of work involved when you want to try these things mentally, it's, and it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, if you try to get into a trance-like state, it can take a really long time, and you can find yourself being very exhausted at the end, especially if you didn't even get the results you were trying to get. But it's a skill, right? You're, you're tapping into your mind. You're use a lot, utilizing it for things you don't normally use. So think of it like a muscle, uh, so to speak. But – uh, the thing about you, Rich, is that, like you said, you get into the trenches. You try these things, um, which I find fascinating. And my question or my comment would, would be, uh, what could you do uh, in preparation for bed? I know you don't sleep very much, but if you were trying to do this so that you could get back to that place where well, you were, you know what that, I mean? That, you know, I, I took the whole drawing you know, where you draw the shapes of what you want to see and where you're going. I, right. I, I've altered it, of course. Um, I, I actually use my hand or my finger and make gestures, you know, and then eventually that stops working and I'm like getting tired into this trance. And um, it has been helping with sleep. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel a little bit better. I have more energy than I've had. So, uh, but it is a strange thing to do when you're by yourself. I mean, it's the best time to do it. Um, but even to talk about it, I don't know how many thousands of people listen and they're like, oh, Rich is really often. No, I'm not off my rocker, man. I'm just trying shit out because You're that's how, how are we supposed to know? Like I, I did yeah. an experiment years ago, and it was the best experiment nobody's ever done but me. Not that I know of anyway. Where – well, believe it or not, this is a true story. Uh, if I could ever get my ex-wife to, to corroborate – she would come on. Actually, she was on one of my shows. You know, she's done a few with me, uh, where we've talked about this thing that I found. Like, I use high eight cameras, and high eight cameras have a lot of pixeling, pixelating in. Like, if there's a lot of black in the background, you, your pareidolia is where you make shapes. You know, uh, you see faces and clouds and bushes and leaves and things. You know, because we're humans, we 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 recognize face. You know, a face from when you're born. So. Here I am out in my backyard sky watching, and I think I'm videotaping a UFO, which it might have been. I don't know. But I, I'm playing it. This is before we had flat screens. It was still a tube TV. Um, and, uh, and I'm watching this, and all of a sudden, I see aliens everywhere. Like, not just, you know, the round heads. I see aliens with 
fangs. I see children aliens. I see old aliens. I see young aliens. All different faces. All moving. Like if you pause the screen in a dark on a dark uh, image, you can I could anyway see these shapes, and I'm like. Why am I seeing this? Let me get my wife in. I won't say a word, and I'll ask her to look at the screen and tell me what – You know, I'll have her tell me what she sees. So I go, honey, come in here. So I go, what do you see? She goes, I see uh, the screen paused. I go, no, I want you to tell me, do you see images of things on the screen? She goes, yeah, I see aliens. Uh, just like that. I'm like, what? You see that? She goes, yeah. And I go, <laughs> and I go watch this. So I would go frame by frame, you know, just keep hitting the fast forward one at a time on pause. Uh-huh. And, and, and I go, watch this one right here. And I pointed at this one and he opens up his mouth and teeth came out. And she goes, oh, my God, you know, with her Jewish accent. Oh, my God. I'm like, I know. I'm so glad you see that. I go, check this one out. And it's an old guy. You know, you can see him like walking. But you don't see him walking. It, you can see his face perfectly, but it looks like he's just gliding on a screen. So I imagined he was walking. And But most of the time, you just see their mouths like they're talking. And you see all different variations. There's never two alike. So I'm thinking, how can this happen? So months go by, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. I'm out in the backyard thinking of aliens. Right. So I'm thinking maybe I'm I'm trying to make a connection with aliens because I'd be out in the backyard and I'd be like, like James Gilliland. You know, I'm like, please come down. If you're <laughs> real, just fucking do it. And I would get mad and I'm like, show me who you are. Show me what you look like. And I'd imagine what they looked like. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, maybe I've imagined it. And because the video recorder is next to my brain, maybe it's recording my thoughts. So I wanted to do an experiment. So I placed the camera on a um, uh-huh. on a chair in like a dimly lit hallway at my house, and I just had it on a wall, like very dimly lit. And I thought, and I'd be right next to it, next to my head, and I, I can hear that. And I'd be thinking of shapes like squares. I'd think of squares for four minutes. Then I'd think of circles for another four minutes. Then I'd think of triangles. So for like 10 or 11 times it didn't work then you know i'd replay the tape and see if the shapes would appear nothing not even the aliens and then one time i taped i was thinking of squares for like 10 minutes straight replayed it and different square shapes were popping up all over and it recorded me thinking of squares and nobody else has ever done this experiment then i tried triangles triangles appeared on the screen by me thinking about it how could well, that? Why would? No, that can't. That that that's really interesting. And and w- my question is, how come you didn't uh, keep doing this? I still have the tapes. Um, because I figured it out. I'm like, well, it's very hard to explain why I didn't. It's like people always say, like, well, you saw a UFO. Why didn't you grab your video camera? Well, right, right, right. But it's like that. It's like, uh, okay, I. I it was just time consuming, you know, and back then I, you know, thought maybe I was making it up in my mind and I wanted to see it, but my wife saw it. So it wasn't just me making it up, but I talked about it and nobody seemed to care. You know, I told people, try it out. Nobody else came back to me and said, I tried it and it worked. So I figured, fuck it then. Nobody gives a shit. Then why should I? It was that kind of thing. But, you yeah. know, it, 
It didn't happen on the first try. A lot of days for me to get that to show up like that. It was like I like the part of your story where you got mad for why they weren't showing up. I know. Oh, I get that time. I'm like fucking pussy aliens. You ain't fucking coming over here. You're not even real. You're not even real. Pussy aliens, I'd say. Fuck you. Then you species. I swear at the man. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, abduct me. I'm going to get abducted. I'd be in the middle of a field with my dog talking like this. And I'm like, come on, man, take me. Nobody would know. Who the fuck would know? Take me for a year. Take me for a day. I don't care. Nobody cares about me. Do it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think, we just, I think we just came up with a new reality show, Angel, and it's going to be called <laughs> Taunting Aliens. It starts, it starts rich. Okay, and and uh, it's Rich Angel and myself are on the team. Uh, Rich is uh, the taunter, the main taunter, and we could, we control the gear and carry his shit. But anyway, uh, we go to different locations, historical locations where UFOs have been seen. We go to Gilliland Ranch. We go to Roswell. We go to all these places, and Rich taunts the shit out of aliens. I want to go to the Skinwalker Ranch and do that. Skinwalker Ranch, we sneak on. I really want to do that. You know, I'm not kidding. I don't care if I'm 65 years old. I want to go down to that place. I believe there's something going on over there. I'm scared of that place. I am too, man. That's why I want to go, but not by myself. I I know. I I wouldn't go with you. I'd rather go to Stan Romanek's house. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was just kidding because that one time I was invited there years ago. Um Look, we have to wrap it up. I've been up since 4 a.m. How do you Me like too. that? I know, but that's you, that's you like every other day. I know, that's every day. <laughs> that doesn't impress anybody anymore. Uh, for me, <laughs> this is a huge fucking feat. Um, I've had about seven cups of coffee, and I haven't eaten. And uh, I'm going to go uh, get some dinner. So I want to thank you for being on the program tonight. We didn't get to a lot of things I wanted to get to, but we sure can We sure found out some groovy stuff, and oh. uh, I always enjoy always enjoy having you on, Rich. And now I wish I never talked. Uh, <laughs> I'm really glad really you did. I think we we might want to. Well, two two takeaways before we uh, wrap up tonight. Uh, Joe Rogan, obviously. Uh, Rich is going to try to reach out to Joe. And if he's able to get Joe to even do an off, uh, you know, not not a live interview, I mean, that would be terrific. But if if he couldn't, that even off air that he'd be able to play would be significantly awesome. Uh, if he does manage to get a live program, I would love, obviously, to be able to call in and ask a question. Um, and I think. The other takeaway here is that we all want to rent a minivan and go to Sam Romanek's trial so that we can actually give live updates to our audience. So I'm going to look into that. Um, anything else before we end, gentlemen? This was a very informative program, I think. No, I mean, it was awesome, man. Um, all I can say is, you know, look into the sonic booms in Arizona. Check that out. Maybe you can find something else. And listen to my show on Sunday nights. Right here on PSN Radio, 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock. Oh, it's changing Sunday. The time Why? Because the time change. I don't know. So what yeah. time is it going to be on? Um, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I think, no, it's going to be 11 well, it'll be o'clock. On. 
no, it changes for me. And now my show will, for me, will be on at 7 Pacific. Okay. And because Arizona doesn't change their clocks, but we're going to be Pacific time. So I may not be able to do my show, Angel, because I, I might not get home. Because now it's at 8 o'clock. Now it's going to go to 7. My, my, so we, my, my. What a dilemma. What I are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. You're going to uh, have to uh, plot something out, Rich. Well, we need to figure it out. But anyway, we'll show's next time. Either, okay. either, maybe I'll just do an hour. I don't know. We'll you figure know. it well, out. Tune in anyway, uh, kids. <laughs> yeah. Your UFO fix here at uh, BSN Radio. We're always here. Uh, Lou. Uh, Sheehan, uh, Sheehan, uh, one of our uh, favorite listeners, wanted me to comment about an article he had sent me regarding the commercial travel uh, initiatives uh, around the moon coming up, uh, supposedly from some of our friends over at uh, SpaceX and uh, uh, the other cats in the private sector. I'm going to look into that a little bit more, Lou, so that I can speak to it uh, well and tell you what my thoughts are. And we'll update you on that next week. If you have something to bring to the table, join us, please, and uh, give us an update, Lou. That'd be great. For everybody else out there, yes, it's a mind trip, this ufology game. Uh, we're going to get Bassett on. That was another takeaway from tonight. Try to find out what this new narrative is all about. Uh, I think it's important. I always think having Steve on is always a good thing. It's never a bad thing. So, Oh, we never hearing- talked about disclosure. I know. We didn't even get to it. That's the good thing about this uh, subject. You see, that's the thing. You never get disclosure. That's why I did. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, that that's, was awesome. That's why you talk about it. Because you're not going to forget it. Oh, and all in your mind. <laughs> I love you know, it. I really did have some enlightening things, that I, I think, to say about disclosure tonight after giving it a lot of thought the other day. And We'll have to do it next week, and you're invited to join us, everyone listening, about your thoughts on disclosure because everybody has a thought, and everybody wants something different. Uh, what does disclosure really mean to you personally? What would it mean to your life? How would you want it to come about? People have made plenty of books related to Allah, what would happen if? Well, you know, is that something you want? Is that something that uh, you've really thought about in a serious light? I've thought about it, and so has everybody else on this panel tonight, that's for sure, for many years, and what it would mean to me personally. And I'm going to talk about that next week because some things have clicked, I think. And maybe it just took me a long time to get there, and maybe a lot of people might say, well, duh. But you know what? That's where I'm at, and I'm excited to share that with you next week. Uh, Guest for next week is going to be pretty cool too we do have a guest coming on and i'm going to share that with you later in the week so follow us on the web on all the neat places of course the skype chat which is always fun to partake in during the work week if you need a ufology break that's why we are here did somebody just laugh or did you cough uh no actually i was i was going to butt in for a second and say don't forget sawyer is going to join you next week oh, oh sawyer's on okay i got he's joining you yeah um, okay, well, let's do Bob after, because Sawyer's more important, obviously. Uh, we're going to have Sawyer on next week. We're going to talk about, he- we're going to talk Heaven's Gate, because who cool. doesn't like talking that? And, you know, something to think about is, you know, what would Heaven's Gate be doing just about now in 2017? So something to think about, and like I said, probably 
someone you would never run into or think about, uh, this gentleman, Sawyer. He's going to definitely make you think. For everybody else out there listening, thanks for being part of our show, whether live or during podcasts, um, when it's convenient for you, whether you're out on patrol, as we all know, lots of soldiers listen to our programs, and we thank them for that. And we're glad that we can assist with people's commutes on the bullet train in Japan when they're going to work in the morning. And I get emails from around the world sometimes from people listening in Australia and alike. And I just wanted to thank them personally uh, with this message that we are here to inform and to listen to what it is that you are trying to achieve as well. Because at the end of the day, we have to try to do some of these initiatives together or they probably will never happen. With that in mind, next Monday night, Euphonaut Radio, Jesse Randolph, I will be here in the bunker, Portland, Oregon, and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks, everybody.